Hello, good evening, and welcome to the final Sunday night breakdown of the season. And we're doing it on a Tuesday just for randomness. Um, yeah, so full apologies to those of you on Twitter who's going, where's Sunday night breakdown? I have managed to trap a nerve, which has given me an entirely numb and painful arm, and hence why we were delayed. Eight and a half hours in uh, accident and emergency yesterday meant we couldn't do the Monday night that we were we were planning on, Dave. Yeah, uh, send your donations to Dad, everybody. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, let's take a look back at the playoff final. Let's let's have a quick look at the uh, women's game. Uh, first of all, London Lions fifty-seven, Leicester Riders forty-one, and because I had this uh, this injury, uh, well, I did it Saturday, but Sunday morning in a lot of pain. They gave me a lot of drugs. Uh, it didn't quite numb the pain of this game. I mean, of my arm yeah. during this game. Uh, this was this was. This is not one they'll be rerunning in 20 years' time, I think it's fair to say. No, it was pretty grim. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, the, the shooting percentages were were, were woeful. Mm. Um, and obviously, sometimes that can be defence and sometimes that can be the, the stage and the fact that they're tipping off at one o'clock and they're playing in a gym that they haven't played in before. So all those things kind of feed into it. Mm. But... Um, you know the selling point of the women's game is shooting. It's not yeah. you know it's, you know it, it is a skill level, um, and it's not they don't obviously the, the the athleticism level is is below the rim, but naturally, um, and the, the physicality is is important, but but you know if you were drawing a comparison, which we hate to do, but if you were drawing a comparison in the women's and the men's game, then the the, the level of skillfulness. And um, their ability to make shots um, really has a disproportionate impact on the game, as opposed to the other stuff. And no one can make a shot. No, no. You know, and um, I mean, basically, um, Snitsina was the only one I thought when the ball left her hand, it was going in. Mm. Um, nobody else. And and she missed a lot too. She missed a lot too. Yeah. And and because um, both teams were well drilled and disciplined and physically committed um you know it was basically a bit of a stalemate yeah um, so first, first run of the game was a 13-0 run by london which put them 17-8 up leicester then had their best spell of the game at the start of the second quarter 10-2 start uh pulled the lead back down but then a 10-0 response from london 31-20 and to be honest with you, with the field goal shooting percentages, Leicester didn't have enough offense to get back from there, and and London didn't make enough shots really to blow them out. Yeah, and I mean I've seen the, both teams a couple of times this year. Leicester, very egalitarian offensive team. You know the ball moves around the big step outside, and then cut. Uh, and um, what they didn't really have against again. And to be fair, this is what basically every WBBL team has had a problem against London in scoring against their athleticism and size. Um, but what they didn't really have was, you know, right, we're going to get the ball here and this is our plan. Right. So is it going to be all, are we going to throw it to Arlen in the post four times in a row and she's going to score? Are we going to run it Squire screen rolls or she's going to score? Instead, the ball was popping, but there was very little opportunity. You know, there was very little in the way of kind of quality offense created by it. And, no, that's where you you almost want to simplify and you say, like, where's, where's my mismatch? Mm. Where am I going to go? I need a basket now. And you never quite got into a rhythm whereby you thought, this is a person in the Leicester team who's going to take it upon themselves to come back into the game and, and pull them back. Mm. Um, in relation to London, London's defence, just a little, London's depth, just a little bit better than Leicester's. What that meant was London got cheaper, got more cheap points. Mm. You know, and they, they, London didn't shoot the ball, you know, no. well no. at all. Um, but they got cheaper points, and they looked. To be fair, they looked more together than they did in the last final. Mm. You know, when it when it looked like a you know, less than happy camp. Um, but they they played pretty pretty hard in this final, and they looked together in what they did. So, um, yeah, just a bit of depth, mm. extra. You know, probably ten cheap points that Leicester didn't get, and unfortunately, that kind of you know that that was a, a an imperial death march game. You know, because it was just. A repetitive droning. You're not going to catch up with us because you're not going to score enough points to reach us. 
Yeah. Once they got to fourteen ahead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Pretty. Um. Yeah. I mean, we look back now, and we haven't really had a good final, a good women's final, for two years. And I don't remember the ones in the bubble. If they did them, I can't remember. Um. But the last two years, the finals have been pretty dispiriting spectacles. Mm. Um. I noticed Krumesh talked in the in the um press conference afterwards about. You know the disparity in the league and the disparity in some of the venues that they play at, and you know, and and effectively disparity. What you're talking about is disparity between amateur and professional. Mm. Um, and they're they're not nice words. They're not good words because amateur means you don't get paid, and professional means you do. And there's always something in between. But in relation to the level of structure around, obviously the WBBL has the the benefit or the curse of having more teams than the BBL. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, it's just the, the ever-continuing question in British basketball has been one of expansion against contraction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ever, ever since, you know, we'll continue to start continuing. The people who think there's 10 is too few and people who think that 12 is too many will we'll continue to argue. It's a little bit, you know, like the Eurasians and the East Asians from 1984. <laughs> um, you know, that's the last Orwellian reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There will never be a consensus. But you know what? What he said was, you know, effectively that we can't be playing in school gyms anymore. Mm. And there's a, you know, there's a. As more basketball facilities hopefully come online, you know, there's a strength to that argument. I have to yeah. say, um, there have been too many games this year which London have won by upwards of seventy points. Mm. You know, which are basically under fourteen scores. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can't, you can't have, you cannot have that disparity of, of, of level. If you're asking people to come and pay to watch, mm. that's the, forget whether it makes it a good league, bad league, or whatever. Forget who's got to come up or who's got to come down to whatever standard. If you're asking people to pay to watch, then they're entitled to some form of relevant sporting competition. Mm. And um, you know, there's there's some hard conversations I think to be had with with the WBBL. There's quite a lot of good practice, but we've had even London. You know, even London with all their resources, they played multiple games this year in the gym with nobody there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home games, you know, yeah. um, and sooner rather than later, it, it's stick or twist. I think you know either this is what we're going to be, and this is what we're going to aim to be, or we're going to settle. Um, and I think that's what Krumesh was saying. I think that was really quite interesting. It was nice. It's nice to hear that type of stuff because we don't hear anything outside of the the, the quote marks the the smoke filled rooms. Mm. You know, you, we don't hear what goes on inside the smoke-filled rooms um, where all this stuff is decided. And um, I think it's good that somebody has is, is kind of put their head above the parapet and, and called it out and said, this is what I think we need to go forward. And if somebody else comes in and says, actually, no, we need something totally opposite, that's fine. Have the argument, have the dialogue, make your decisions. Yeah. But, you know, don't let's just not just kind of hide behind the fact that this is what it is and this is what it will be and... And, and and there's no kind of alternative or differing views permitted. Yeah. So yeah, they've got. I think they've got the, the league has um, some issues. I think, um, and I'm not going to say I know enough about it to give her the solutions. No, me neither. But he clearly does, and he's got a few, and he's got a few in his mind. Mm. So, uh, seeing it with eleven, Winterburn with eleven and five assists, Murray with ten. Um, Battle, tie battle, MVP, two of nine for eight points. Can't be too many MVPs. I haven't got double the scoring, point. but 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 got the MVP for her effort. And her 15, the MVP was the person. Yeah, you know, the MVP was the person who pushed the horn at the final buzzer. <laughs> uh, they, sorry, uh, sorry, ladies. It was uh, you know congratulations to London. Not trying to take uh, away from their success uh, or their achievements. They've won another four trophies, uh, and they've been demonstrably the best team. And uh, um, so I'm not trying to take the Mickey out of that. No. As, as a game that was hard work yeah. hard 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 work to commentate on you you tell me yeah yeah my shoulder yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was slightly distracted by the pain in my arm but yes yeah. uh o'dwyer with 10 the only leicester player in double figures the shooting numbers we've we've touched on them london with 28 percent from the floor and 24 percent from uh from three-point range leicester 23 percent and 16 percent Twenties. Mm. That's yeah, yeah. It's cricket averages. 
let's uh, let's move on to the BBL playoff final, which uh, finished London Lions eighty eight, Leicester Riders eighty. We were debating the London starting lineup last weekend. Taylor Best, Oni Urban, and Zubchic was the five that uh, Ryan Schmidt went with. Yeah, just before that, um, yeah, can, why, why, why we? I know you can't answer this question, so it's rhetorical. But why are we taking away half an hour of preparation time for the players for dunk contests with two players who didn't even play in the BBL this year? Um, to me, you know, maybe the crowd likes it, but we did the dunk contest in March. You know, it seems to me it's a time filler. It's it's kind of a it's a lazy kind of. This is what we're going to do, and we'll do it, and we'll get a few smiles and all that. And it means that the players get half an hour less time to warm up. Um, when you could be maybe doing some other entertainment outside of the court while the players are getting ready, and it actually I think has a detrimental impact on the beginning of the games. Um, and, and more than anything, I think it was just you know in, in this brand spanking new world of entertainment and and engagement and content, um, you know it's a bit passy. Certainly to do it twice in a year, twice in three months. Um, to me, you know, I, I lost my interest. Um, so, so that obviously I'm probably not the target demographic. Either. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I'll give that away. But you know, I'd like to have seen just a little bit more invention. If they're going to do some form of challenge, you know, whether it be a shooting challenge, whether it be you know, I don't know, half court shot challenge, I don't know, a skills challenge, whatever. But you know, I thought the the the, the dunk thing was a bit, you know, after a long WBBL game as well, you know, which went on for a while, and in the presentation, you know, I just I, um, I think that needs to be reviewed. Maybe that would be all shuttled into the um the All Star game next maybe, year. Maybe, maybe. You know, so maybe that'll be the solution there. In which case, you can do it properly because you have yeah. time for it. You're not squeezing it in between two games. You know. Um, if you do it properly with the best with the, with the best people and and you know and maybe a bit of prize money, then yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not that much of a luddite. Mm. But then, so yeah, so we get to the the the, the underprepared teams for the final. We get basically half an hour to kind of go on court, and it's not so much that that doesn't allow them to shoot the ball. It does, but what it means is they're out their normal rhythm. You know, every BBL game you get an hour on court before the game. Every BBL game, that's the the stipulated period of time. And if, even if it's not stipulated, everybody understands that's what it is. You get a minimum of an hour on the court. You don't in the finals. And um, and when you've got, you don't you don't even know necessarily when you're going to step onto the court. So that everybody's routine changes a little bit. And, and then they add in the, the natural kind of heebie-jeebies with it being a final and a big game and all that stuff. And no one makes a shot in the first quarter. And it kind of happens, you know, more often than, more often you can imagine. But to get back to the... Um, the lineup, yeah, I thought it was a smart move. Yeah, thought you had to start um Huban. Huban, sorry. Um it went with um best instead of Philip, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think again was justifiable, but Philip had been starting all the games. So obviously best was to match up with Whelan. And and certainly as the season's gone on, London have actually moved towards matching up with the opposition. Probably more than just doing what they do. So they've been become quite tactical in their adjustments, and you can do that when you've got, you know, ten starting quality players. Yeah, yeah. Injury is always that it takes away from the rhythm of the team that you've got, and it splits up kind of the the Nelson best pairing coming off the bench, which has been by far the best in the league and a major difference. But ultimately, you know, you're matching up like for like Taylor for Love, Whelan for um best, Herban for for Jackson, etc., and um. And only playing the four, and so yeah, I kind of like I kind of like that. But what I think we said we talked about last week did come to pass a little bit, mm. because you know Nelson Henry had some success against them mm. you know, did, yeah. and particularly early in a final, whereby you're not basically you don't want to be five out jacking threes early in a final. You you want to be getting shots near the rim because they're the ones that generally go in. When you haven't had that warm up time, so they they got um, the ball to Nelson Henry, and he obviously was utterly motivated. It's his last game; it's two or two. I mean, never you know that was always a bit of a, a big issue for London coming in, and um, I thought Leicester started really quite well, insofar as they, they kind of played toe to toe with with London, and they matched up with their um their starting five, and 
And it was helped by the fact that neither team really could make a shot. First run of the game, late in the first quarter, London going on an 11-2 spell to lead 22-14. Well, this is where this is, and this was this was ultimately the game, um, both in the first quarter and the third quarter, um, because it's a, it's a, it's a the utter. I talked a little bit about it last week. For I thought this game was fascinating from a coaching perspective. Mm. Probably didn't enjoy it as much. It wasn't a particularly great spectacle. Lots of foul shots. But from the way that the coaches matched up against each other and what they did and the decisions that they made, um, I thought it was utterly fascinating. Um, and it, and you can never look at the game in a kind of entirely on its own. You have to look at what's gone before to kind of put it into context and understand why what's happening is happening. Um, now, two weeks ago, you know, um, the last last four or five weeks, Evan Walsh has been playing great. Mm. Um, Aaron Menzies came back in the semi final and you know against Bristol and, and and gave them some fantastic minutes. Against that background, those guys have to have a have to have to play. Mm. You know, from Rob's perspective, he can't. He's had enough. There's enough evidence there of that they that they're going to help the team because they've helped the team previously. That they have to get on court. They have to they have to have a shot. Um, he didn't quite get that far with Bowman. So Bowman was at like the tenth guy. Walsh was the ninth guy. Mm-hmm. But he got that far with Walsh from Menzies. Now, div- and, and now the difficulty was that those last three minutes of the first quarter, the, their lineup was McKenzie, um, Walsh, Men. I think it was Menzies, mm-hmm. um, Adekoya. And one of the starters, it might have been Jackson, it might have been Weed, and might have been Loving, whatever. And there was no shot creation in there. They couldn't get it. They, they couldn't get a good look. And the problem when you can't get a good look offensively is that London can go the other way and get some confidence. And the biggest difference in that was that that line that was matching up against the group with Josh Sharma in. Mm, yeah, yeah. And Josh Sharma. Um, was the was the single fundamental point of difference between these two teams, certainly for the first three quarters. Didn't play in the fourth quarter, and I'll talk about that a bit later. But he was the fundamental point of difference between the teams because of he he blocked he blocked a couple of shots, he threatened a few more, just you know, and he's got he's he's playing against um, Leicester's second unit, four four bench guys who are all in the game, and how you know that what I'm kind of saying is is pertinent is that beginning of the second quarter Rob came back with all the stars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the immediately said, look, enough's enough. You've had that's three minutes. I can't run this. I can't do that for another three minutes because yeah. this game won't be there for us anymore. And in fact, I'm quite sure looking back, he'd probably think, oh man, did I have to do that? And the answer was yes, he did have to do that. Yeah, he did. You know, maybe, maybe not, maybe you put love back into play with those guys. So you get love out a bit earlier. The other thing is, if Menzies in. goes three for four from the free throw line instead of zero for four in those first three plays, that that will you could see how that affected his confidence. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you don't, you know, you, you don't. I mean, we're going to get to foul shots eventually, but um, you know, ultimately, if you're, if you're a seven foot two center misses foul shots, that that's kind of that comes with the territory. Mm. You know, I know he's a sixty odd, sixty five percent shooter. Um, that still comes with the territory. It's a big game. It's hard. You're coming off the bench. It's a totally new environment. Um, and it does. It does. Of course, it impacts your confidence. Um, but you know, ultimately, you've got you've got to, as a coach, you've got to go with. You've got to find a unit that works, and you've yeah, got to yeah. kill, kill yeah. the units that don't work. And that unit didn't work. Mm. Um, and as you say, if you make those foul shots, maybe it's different. I, I get that. But to be frank. A lot of those foul shots, the foul shots would come because one of the things I said, London did not play a very disciplined game. In. Mm. You know, London, London were in the penalty early in every quarter. Um, they, I don't think they played very. I don't think they played. I think they played a decent game, but I didn't think they played a smart game at all. But their decision making, their um, their over pressuring, their fouling, their you, their um, composure and their use of the ball when Taylor didn't have it. Mm. Anybody apart from Taylor was generating the offense, and it was kind of watched from behind. Um, watched from behind dark glasses. You know, Oni was a 
scary for me. You know, it, it could be a, a dunk, it could be a turnover, it could be anything in between. Um, Nelson really only hardly played mm. because it was foul trouble in the first half and he got five minutes in the second half. So their indiscipline hurt them, but Leicester didn't capitalise off that indiscipline. Uh, and as I say, the fact that you know Rob came back at the beginning of the second quarter with his starters was basically enough to say, look, uh, that, and Walsh never got back in the game. Walsh only didn't do much wrong. He, he, he dribbled the ball twice, he turned it over once, and I think he got he shot blocked the second time. Mm. But in finals, it's like, hey, I'll apologize to you later. You know, we yeah, got to try yeah, yeah. to do what I can yeah. to win now. So they um, were 38-24 ahead, London. And as you say, Leicester went back with the starters, having missed a ton of free throws already by that point and some threes. Jackson and mm-hmm. Whelan made six free throws in a row, got it back to 38-30. Uh, and, 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 and that was kind of the story of the game. They were just... Yeah, they, I mean, they couldn't they were, close the gap because of all the missed free throws and missed three pointers. Yeah, and, and and you know, and but London gave them the opportunity. Mm. You know, yeah. London did not. London really, as I say, you know, to give up. I don't think the referee was great. I thought it was a little bit stoppy, starty. But other than a couple of calls, there weren't calls that you would say, "What was that?" You know, there was one which there was a phantom call on Zubchich in the third quarter. But other than that, you know, there was there was quite substantial contact you know the times in London have got so many players and they play hard and they play you know and they can they can be physical what they weren't was very smart in relation to some of the fouls that they committed when they're in the penalty you know which against Leicester would have been probably number two on my scouting report you know you know one is defend the three-point line and the second one is you don't foul in the penalty mm. you take the shooting fouls when you're trying to block a shot you live with that you can't give them six foul shots a quarter when you're as good a defensive team as they are, if you're fouling them 24 feet from the basket, you just mm. can't do it. And they did, repeatedly. Um, and fouls on three-point shots. Yeah, I mean, two, they there was two point. twice, yeah. A little bit. No one loves and loves shooting 22% or something. Mm. You know, and it's not like they haven't got the length to contest that, you know. So there was a ton of mental errors from London. They really did not play, the, even the last play of the first half when them. Um, you know, four seconds to go. I think that I think only turned the ball over on a charge when he mm. um when, when they should have kept it for the last shot. And then perhaps they haven't watched any of the league all year, but I'm telling you now, Mackenzie is shooting the last shot. Mm. You know, we all know that mm. the ball's going to Kimball and Kimball is going to get to a spot and he's going to rise and reshoot it. And Kimball hadn't made a shot before then. No. And part of that is the part of that is the environment, part of that is not getting in the game, then coming out of the game again, right? Part of that is not quite knowing which shots you're meant to be shooting because you get trying to work your way into the game. But that shot, that's his, been his shot all season. Mm. You know, last four seconds, five seconds, he's going to get the ball. In the vast amount of time, he's going to shoot it. In the vast amount of time, he's going to make them because he doesn't mm. shoot bad shots. So that was a no-pressure shot. And they gave that up because of a dumb charge and then not understanding that he was the guy they had to guard. Yeah. And um, what that does, it's not just two points. That gets him into a rhythm. It gets the crowd going. It becomes an eight-point game. Suddenly, he's in a rhythm for the second half. He's feeling good about himself. Instead of going in at, like, oh, of three, thinking, how am I going to get in this game? I've got another six minutes before I play again, you know, because I'm not going to get into the four-minute mark. Mm. You know, a player can go from there. Like, player's done. So that stuff from London, I thought, was really sloppy at times. Really sloppy. And... It kind of there was a seventy-five twenty-five game. Just Leicester yeah. didn't. Yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. To... So similar, similar at the end of the third quarter again. Mackenzie with the with the last score. Leicester then had uh, eight unanswered in the first couple of minutes of the fourth quarter, and it was the first time where they really had a bit of wind in their sails. They got it down to sixty-nine. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go back. Just go back a little bit before then. I mean, there was a there was your fun technical. I'm yeah, yeah, I'm not going to argue. I mean, I don't I think Zubchich got an absolute um, howler of a call, but the minute that you do the spectacle side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Eddie Dansky's there, you're not getting away with that. Mm. And, and to be fair, nor should you. you know, that was, a, And that was also part of something that we talked about with London, about their kind of emotional volatility. Mm. You know, and that was Zubchich's fourth foul. It was, yeah. You know, and that was, it didn't overly hurt them because as I say, I think Sharma was, you know, a dominant force in the game, even though he didn't, maybe not in the stat sheet. Um, but you can't do that 
you can't you can't lose control of yourself like that you can't make that sign you can mm. you can do the smile you can do the shrug you can do the you know the the balkan thing whatever you want you can do whatever you want but you cannot do that um then Leicester start let's just in the third quarter let's just starting five again competed again their bench struggled this time love came out with two minutes to go instead of like four or five minutes to go i think because he played him with mckenzie um and what was interesting in the fourth in the whole second half was basically Leicester got smaller and smaller as the game went on. Mm. Um and I think if I was being critical, I would say that I understand why Rob did it and he went through all his options. It was almost like it was like that's why it was fascinating coaching. It was like a poker player going through this two, three, four, five options. He started off with Nelson Henry, played effectively, we got got a little bit tired. Came back with Menzies in the second half for a couple of minutes, didn't work. Menzies was minus 15 in seven minutes mm. in the game. Then came with Adekoya as his centre for the end of the third quarter. And then actually came with Adekoya and Nelson Henry for the end of the third quarter. A bit more Nelson Henry, then a bit of Adekoya. And at the end, took them all out. Mm. They were loving at the five. So you, you actually look at the the, 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 the kind of the, the progress of the game. Leicester got smaller and smaller, which is what you do when you're trying to infuse some energy into your team when you're trying to pick the pace up and I think ultimately what cost it's a tough one but Rob said afterwards in the press conference you know we had a great week well all coaches always say have a great week um, but you know we really you know this team's had a number but we really believed that we could we had them we had a shot at them you know we thought we did the right things we had a chance and I've been there in finals where you go in with that mindset, but it's not that you don't have the belief you're going to take them, but that belief fades away quicker mm. when it's not what you need it to be. When you're playing and you're 10 points down and you're 12 points down and you're not getting any momentum and the shots aren't dropping. And I thought the only, I thought the, the, the position he got to at the end was basically the five guards with Loving as a, Loving as a basically a three point the five and they speeded the game up they played mm. so much faster mm. and I thought that was too late you know I thought I thought maybe I wouldn't have maybe I'd have gone to that later in the third quarter when maybe after Aaron Menzies comes out and say right what's it or maybe I wouldn't have put Menzies in the third quarter gone straight to Adekoy or something like that and you just never and this is part of Leicester's kind of Leicester's issue is actually in, in a game like as an, as an underdog it's actually quite difficult or awkward to be a level-headed team yeah 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 you almost you, they are they, they didn't they don't commit dumb fouls mm. you know they, they played as they played all season to be honest at a certain speed they don't really throw the ball up ahead as much as they used to when for instance they had Watson and Jamal Anderson and people mm. like that running so they've been a very controlled team all season. They know where they're doing. They've been the um certainly outside of London, the, the most offensively efficient team, are very close to, to as offensively efficient as London. Um, but their calling card has been that they've been very, very um smart and calm and they don't let anything get to them. Unfortunately, until you know Patrick Wheeler made that shot with three minutes to go and gave it the fist and yeah, they got, yeah. got yeah. wound up. He didn't really say any of that because it's not in their character, you know. And as an underdog, that that you know that probably actually hurts them. And they haven't been the underdog much in the past five years. Certainly, probably since they gave us a towsing at the AO2 Arena about six years ago. Mm. Every final they've been in, they've basically been a favourite till, till this season. So it's kind of a, a slight change of um, mentality for the team it's very diff it's difficult and I thought that they lost, that hurt them as well now that said that's talking about Leicester I also thought London gave them a shot because at the beginning of the fourth quarter I was I was surprised with London's lineup on the court um, Zubcic came back I understand that I give Sharma a bit of a break but they had um, no Jordan Taylor no Mia Oni um, no Luke Nelson and it was Mosulwade and I think Aaron Best, um, maybe Josh Ward, Hibbert and Herban or, or some or some level of 
change of team of that nature. And I was looking, I think, where's your shots coming from? You know, where who's creating? You know, maybe Best is going to get going to his left or something, or you're going to throw it to Zubcic. I think Zubcic made a three, but the lineup that they had when they were up 14 surprised me because you're, you know, this is that 10 to 15 point margin. If you're up 10 to 15 points going to be in the fourth quarter, um, in BBL terms, I've always been in the mindset you get your you get your horses on the court. It doesn't matter if yeah, they're a little yeah, bit because yeah, yeah. if you win the next three minutes, that game is done. If you're up twenty with seven minutes to go, you know you can ride it the rest of the way. And I know that's not the modern kind of coach and way, and I know that's not the certainly not the NBA way because they have forty eight minute games and yeah, yeah. You, know, you have to assume that every game is coming down to the end. Um, but in that game, I thought that they gave Leicester a shot because first um, three possessions of the um, fourth quarter was I think a turnover, then a three point play, and then maybe another shot. I think it was an eight zero run. Yeah, it was a six zero yeah. run. So suddenly a fourteen point game becomes a six point game, mm. and had that fourteen point. And at that point, suddenly when he's coming back in and Taylor's coming back in, and you know had that fourteen eight point game become a fourteen point game become a twenty two point game. It's done. Yeah, yeah. So, and then all of a sudden, both teams managed to knock down a three, having not really done so that much in the game. The problem for Leicester was they were trading scores, so it was still eight trading or scores. Nine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, that's right. And it got kind of it got a little bit shootouty in the fourth quarter, mm. um, which was good from the kind of the perspective of the neutral because it gave us something to watch. And you, yeah. know, it, you know, both teams are going at it. But I thought what happened was Leicester picked up the pace, um, and then London kind of went with them and played quicker as well, but. The biggest thing was Leicester picking up the pace um, and, and getting into stuff quicker. And, you know, every time they got a stop, they had to push the ball. Um, and they had McKenzie and, and Love on the court at the same time, which kind of helped them do that. Um, that after well, One thing we missed is after that after that, um, that 8-0 run, you know, in a couple of misses, you know, Jordan Taylor steps around the screen on his left side and, knocked, and drills a three. Mm. That was a massive, massive play. Even though Leicester come back with a few, with a couple, that was a massive play. Um, taking a bit of control, um, yeah, and it, it it got into that kind of speed of game that you need to play if you're playing from behind. Yeah, when you're playing from behind, you have to play faster. You can't just just keep because you have to make the you have to do something to make the other team uncomfortable. Uh, unless they went smaller, and 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 um, with the two guards, I thought. Basically, that's the, if you would the story of this game is when Love wasn't on the court, Leicester struggled mm. um, to create shots offensively. Um, Love was, I thought, you know, really took the lead yeah. defensively yeah. and offensively. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been said, not 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 just by us, but by others as well, that the ceiling of Leicester was on Love and and where he got to in that game compared to uh, where he was even six weeks ago, sort of thing is. A, it's a credit, really, how how well he performed. He did. Um, the only thing you say is, you know, your point guard can't be five or ten from the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, yeah. That, that's, a, that's the biggest knock. You know, I don't, I don't really, he doesn't even have to make shots, but he, he can't be five. He can be seven of ten. Mm. He can't be five of ten, you know, if you're a point guard in a final like that. Um, but ultimately, I thought the, the minutes that he went out, if you watch them back, uh, Leicester really struggled against um, London. But when he was in the game. He was able to create shots with a minimum of fuss, really. Mm. Got into the middle, get, kick it out, two pass rotations, and there's nobody there. And they've got wide open threes, mm. and they weren't really knocking them down. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 they just didn't quite go away, and, and London kept doing daft things to allow Leicester to kind of... So, a minute and a half to go. It's still an eight-point game. Then McKenzie hits a three, 83-78 with 116 to go then he makes a great play on the ball which even though london kept possession they were scrambling and ended up with the 24 second violation with 51 seconds left yeah and at this point the, the, the fun thing from the coaching perspective for me was that london had matched up with leicester mm. and i said before when we started this that london had been matching up with teams all season so um so ryan schmidt sees mckenzie love jackson loving and wheeling on the court and suddenly you've not got no Zubchich and you've got no Sharma. And Sharma didn't play the whole fourth quarter. And I have to say, the whole fourth quarter, I was thinking, where's Sharma? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I really was thinking, you know, you know, this guy has made such a difference defensively. Then even if he's got kind of no one to mark, no one to guard, 
and he did for most point had other Kyra Nelson Henry in. Um, I'm thinking I played 21 minutes as well, but I was thinking you know might get in. But instead, rather than trying to kind of leverage an advantage with his big guy, um, London decided to match up with him. So suddenly, Ward Hibbert's in the game at the end. Now Ward Hibbert hardly hasn't played that much. He's no harm in him playing at the end, but that kind of neutralizes London's advantage insofar as Zubacic having those stretch guys who can shoot at the five spot. And it means that it's basically a bunch of guards against a bunch of guards. Mm. And that allows Leicester to speed up the game. And, you know, I remember it because it's what we did. We we did we did seven years ago, you know, with having a bunch of guards. We were down 15 against Leicester. I put a bunch of guards on the court. Thompson and Defoe never saw the court again. Mm. And the game speeds up and suddenly you make shots and the momentum kind of carries you forward. And Leicester did the same thing. Um and that got them close. And I, I, I'm not sure. If I'm London. I'm not sure I do that. I, I was watching it, thinking, I'm not sure. I quite like Sean on the court. <laughs> so 40 seconds to go. Love drives in, kicks out. Loving with the shot. Still not sh- quite sure how that one didn't go in. It seemed to defy gravity. Rattled about. Didn't go in. Down and... That was that was the ultimate shot of a team that's lost to a team five times. Mm. It's just in the stars. Mm. Um. You know, it's one that they, they hadn't got a rhythm all night. So obviously, what you know, Loving hadn't made made one from the corner, I think, but that was about it. Um, and he struggled a bit against London this year to get going. Loving, um, it was a great look. Mm. You know, it was a it makes it a you know probably a fifty not a 50, maybe a, a sixty forty game if it goes in. Mm. Um, and you're right. I mean, it was literally it was not halfway, it was three quarters of the way down. Mm. The point whereby the three people watching the game in my with me, everyone got off the sofa at the same time, you know. <laughs> um, so um, and that was in 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 my view was kind of and this is what I'm saying. If you're going to give that shot up to Loving, you may as well have Shaw in the game. Mm. You know, if you're going to guard people five, you can't be giving them that shot. You know. Mm. Uh, um. So um, it didn't go in, and, and that was. That was, what was that? Yeah. The, the, it's the margins, really, because if that yeah. goes in, it's 83-81. Leicester are up. There's 40 seconds to go, and and maybe maybe it's doable. But it comes out, and 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 London have enough of a cushion, make some free throws, and that that's basically it. Yeah. What I will say is, I mean, you know, I had a number of flashbacks during this game, and again, people probably won't remember, won't care, but um, the, the flash, the other flashback to the 69-59 nonsense that you. Mm. Since last week, the 2012-13 playoff final where mm. Leicester had beaten us all season and we just couldn't make a shot. And it seemed like it was going to be that the first half. You know, by, by London, we're just going to win the women's game. I also had a, a flashback to actually the final year before, uh, which was, we, we won the sweep that year and it was kind of the first year that Leicester really, with Cameron Rundles. Oh, at NIA. And they missed yeah. all those free throws in the fourth quarter. They missed a ton of free throws. They they missed, I think they were like oh, with I think they were like oh, with twelve in the fourth quarter. Or yeah, something, all, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and Drew so and they, they, I think there were six of twenty in the game. Mm. And you can't, you know. And there was two things to that as well. That was a team that that was again that year. We they hadn't really got over the hump against us. Mm. We'd been the better team, and the year after when they were the better team, we hadn't been able to make those shots. Mm. And so what happens in the season does feed in. And I, I don't, I've seen too much of it now to believe that it's just coincidence mm. that you can just say, we forget everything, throw it out. It's one game. It's, you know, and whether that's, you know, 20, whether that's why they shot 21 or 37 from the foul line, I don't know, but it's happened now too, too often, you know, in such circumstances thereby it becomes a, debilitating things like can we you know I, it's almost like you're trying too hard I have to make this we have to play the perfect game to beat this team you know we can't be you know we have to be so sure about this and you don't play with the degree of freedom that you need to do that and Leicester didn't play with that freedom I thought until it went really small at the end mm-hmm. and then they pushed the pace they made some threes Whelan got his fist going and the whole thing the energy kind of picked up but they ran out they ran out of time for that so I'd love to have seen them start it a little bit quicker, but then again, you know, at the end of the day, if Loving makes that a shot, that means they will have been twelve points up in the fourth quarter in nine minutes because mm. they were down fourteen being in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. So it's difficult to criticize and say you could have done this, you could have done that um, in the fourth quarter. Maybe at the begin, maybe in the end of the third quarter, 
Um, maybe in the third quarter could have started a little bit earlier, but then again, who knows? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. all in the day, it's all stuff for me to talk about and you to talk about, but yeah. no one knows what the real answer is going to be. So, uh, Taylor with 15 points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals for the MVP. Best was 15 points, only uh, five of 15 for 14 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Uh, he's, he's, he's your ultimate kind of yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he fills the stat sheet. He is, you know, athletic as anything. He gives you so many positives. Um, but his decision making at times in this game, um, you know, was uh, less than superlative. Mm-hmm. You probably say, you know, and as I say, that doesn't really matter as much when he's playing in a three and D role mm-hmm. on the wing. But when he's basically playing the four spot, so he's having to handle the ball a bit more, and they don't have Decker, who would be that guy, mm. um, then he's got more decisions to make. And he, you know, um, you know, he, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just he, uh, look, you kill to have him on your team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Times, there's times you may want to kill him. <laughs> um, you know, I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, but in recent stats, you know, ultimately, I thought Sharma was actually the biggest difference. Mm. Uh, Leicester were led by 20 points, nine rebounds, four assists from Jackson. Love had 17 points, seven assists, three steals. McKenzie, 13 points, eight rebounds, 14 points off 50% shooting in his final game for Darian Nelson Henry. Uh, it says a lot about Zach Jackson, doesn't it? That I don't even I haven't mentioned him in half an yeah. hour when he's 20 and seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 it says, and nine. It says a, 29, so it says a lot about how good he is, mm. you know, because it's just a given, mm. you know. So apologies to Zach for. And the uh, the the stats that were decisive: Leicester five of twenty-four from three, twenty-one of thirty-seven from the free throw line. Leicester during the course of this season shot seventy-nine point nine percent from the free throw line in all competitions. If they had shot that in this game. They would have got an extra eight and a half points in a game mm. they lost by eight. And obviously, if they shot their average in threes, they'd have got another 12 points. But the threes yeah, are the slightly three more sketchy than the free Threes are sketchy because you're playing against mm. London, you're not yeah. playing against, you yeah. know, and you're also playing the gym that you've not been shooting in, and yeah. the whole thing is very different. Um, but the, the, yeah, the foul shots is, is, is debilitating. Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I actually. This is why it's a 75-25 game because London mm. London gave them a shot. Mm. And you cannot commit, you cannot let, you know, let Leicester shoot 37 foul shots. Mm. And I'm not having them put it all on the rest because it wasn't, you know. Luke Nelson reaching in in the second quarter from behind on a semi-fast break when they're in the penalty with five minutes to go. Mm. You can't do that. You know, there has to be more discipline. And I, I thought they, they were freeing a little bit at the end. Um, but do, they do have substantial and significant togetherness. Um, coaches managed them really well all year. Um, and they have, as I say, I thought Taylor, I did think Taylor was the MVP, but he's an absolute standout player because the game was a different game when the ball was in his hands for London in comparison with anybody else. And he did it at his own speed, in his own time, and with his own kind of composure. Mm. You know, that's really, which is that, that how you carry yourself in the final, really important. He was himself, and he knocked down shots when he needed to. And when the when they reversed the ball to him, and he kind of knocked down that three point shot from the top on the semi fast break, that was like saying, "Yeah, okay, we're here. We're not losing." Mm. On those shots, whatever you see, it took it with such certainty. Um, yeah, we're not losing. This is our game, and that's what you're looking to. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have that, that if that head of the snake isn't quite there, or it's a bit turned the wrong way, then the, the way London were, the flakiness. Um, with some of the, the temperamental stuff and the fouls, that could have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I thought he was absolutely the MVP in the game. And again, quite chuffed that three weeks ago. I said, "Oh, I quite like to have him on my team." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says backslapping again. <laughs> so uh, we we talked about Nelson Henry playing his final game uh, a few weeks ago when he announced his retirement. One thing very remiss of me not to mention. Uh, at the end of the women's game, obviously the last game for Azania Stewart, uh, hanging them up, and uh, and a, a a worthy of of comment, I think, a career, yeah, just a tremendous stalwart for Great Britain. Obviously played in the Olympics in 2012, done so many things with that 
with the GB women's team over the years who have been sensational during her her time with the team. Yeah, I mean, you're six. I mean, you're six foot. What best part of six foot four is Anya Stewart? As mm. not as a female player, that is an unbelievable amount of wear and tear on your body. Mm. You know, to to be, you know, because she, she played at college before she went. Obviously, before GB in the Olympics. Mm. So you're talking fifteen or sixteen years. You know, at a high high level, whereby everything that. The country, the national team program, everything that's been asked of her, she's done, mm. and with a degree of um success, mm. you know, to, to to the point whereby, you know, I'm quite sure they would love her to get out to, to to kind of hang <laughs> on the plane and go yeah. off to um the world championships, yeah. um, you know, so it's unfortunate. Well, I say unfortunate. Yeah, everyone, everyone has their time, you know. Yeah, yeah. one says, you know, there's no. But if you're looking at it, you know, in say 15 years, you know, it's, it's one thing if 15 years as a guard, mm. you know, 15 years, six foot three, six foot four, up and down the court, um, in playing in some places which are not particularly salubrious, um, in gyms, no doubt, of all different levels. Um, but to be able to kind of filter your game, to be ready to play in the biggest games, and to be consistent. And it, it appears to be extremely well liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I yeah. don't know Zinia. I've never spoken to her at all. Um, but but it appears that she's extremely popular around around the game. You know that is a that is an accomplishment. It's always an accomplishment to to kind of rise to the top without people being pissed off with you. <laughs> you know, if you use a phrase. Sorry for any kids listening, but if it's, we're about an hour in now, so yeah. it's probably past your bedtime. I'm sure I've bored you yeah. a bit by now. Yeah. Um, but to do that it is, you know, yeah. you make enemies as you ride, as you, you know, dude. So to do that in, in in this competitive environment as a professional sport is, is, you know, is really really impressive. Not the last we'll see ever, I'm sure, given her uh, her second act, it, it seems. Um, so that brings the curtain down on another season. London with a treble, their first ever playoff success and doubtless not their last and uh obviously they've already sent their uh signal of intent with sam decker signing for three years yeah and... i mean there's actually there's a couple of things isn't there and uh, one also fletcher i should yeah, I should. Indeed, he's, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. he's my fella but even so i shouldn't let that pass without saying you know you know what was his five thousand points two and a half thousand assists seven years of basically being one of if not the very best in the league consistently, which we haven't really seen from a a guard insofar as we haven't seen a guard of that level stay in the league that long. Mm. We've seen guards come and go. We've seen really good players play in the league, absolutely. Um, but for 2014, September 2014 to May 2023, at the best part of nine years, he only missed one season, you know. So, you know, we haven't really seen that. And um, he will be a miss, but I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will be effective whatever he's doing. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, I, I'm not going to get into conversations about who's who's the best, but over the past five or six years, on a consistent basis, certainly he has been. Mm. Um, there's that. Then there is the um, there was interest. I mean, I listened to the press conference afterwards. I don't normally listen to the press conferences, um, and there were some good questions asked actually. And I don't even like all the journalists, but there you go. Um, no, there's some good questions asked. Um, the one that they asked Rob was the question of um, you know, how how we the, the disparity in resources. How would you handle that going forward? And he basically, yeah, I thought he answered very very smartly. Um, basically, said, look, we, it's just it is what it is. We're going to have to find. Everyone's going to have to find ways of getting creative and raising their level and all that type of stuff. Um, what I was slightly disappointed was that no one asked um, Aaron Raiden the same question. Mm. Um, he was he actually gave some very good answers. You know, he kind of explained the NBL trophy situation, and which I was very much kind of on board with, to be honest, in relation to why they why they've had to reduce the trophy to what it is next year. Um, but nobody asked him about the disparity and how that affects the league. Um, I thought that was a question that needed to be asked because I don't know what the answer is yet. I haven't quite figured it out. Um, the All Star game, they got asked about that, and I think 
you know, his logic about the All-Star game, whilst I detest All-Star games with every fibre of my being, mm. um, the logic of it is it drives engagement. Yeah, it drives yeah. fans get to vote. The NBA does an un- unbelievable job of, of, of kind of driving interest that way. Um, it's a chance to, as I say, to run a, maybe a proper dunk contest, proper all that other stuff, all sorts of hoo-ha to, to build the buzz around the league, which, to be absolutely fair to him, is consistent with the message that he's given from the minute that he started. Yeah. So I get that. I'm slightly disappointed that we had to lose a competitive final for it. Mm. Um, but I, I also get that it's pretty difficult to, to fit everything in the way that they want to. Mm. Um, when you've only got 10 teams... Um, so that that was that was intriguing, but yeah, going forwards, the the elephant in the room is going to be, you know, we can do all these NBA things, but the NBA has a mechanism to ensure that there's sporting jeopardy mm. in place and that teams are on similar level playing fields, um, and that basically meritocracy wins out, and which franchises and a bit of luck with the, with obviously with the draft and the lottery. Um, but whichever franchises run the best and run the most sensibly, um, it has a better chance of, of succeeding. And then there are rules and rules, et cetera, put in place. And we haven't got close to that yet. Um, and it's not a problem because it means London are going to win everything or London should win everything. That's not the problem. Because we, you know and I know that we've had that in British basketball yeah, for years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are dynasties and teams will go through periods of time where they are the best for various reasons, be it Cadle, be it Kingston, you know, be it Sheffield, be it um, Newcastle for a while, be it Leicester, whatever. There, You know, that's the way it kind of uh, rules. So that's not the issue. The issue is whether that, that period of dominance is such that it undermines interest in the league. Mm. Because you can't, on one hand, try and build the engagement and build the involvement and build everything and absolutely push it to the best place you can be, and then have end up having every final being a, a blowout or not. They haven't been yet, yeah. but for instance, one team winning the league with ten games to spare or something yeah. like that, or a situation whereby, to use a phrase, um, it's Celtic and Rangers without Celtic. Yeah. Although you know, I don't think winning that, the league is going to be of importance going forward. You don't? No, I believe I believe the playoffs is going to be the uh, the prize now. Well, I I have difficulties with that. Yeah. Um, I have difficult. Uh, if that's the case, and we don't need thirty six league games, mm. why are we playing thirty six league games? What type of product are we putting? You know, I mean, I'm still. I mean, I get that. You know, if you get to best, you get to a best of seven series or best of five series, and you you maybe have a a twenty game league season or something like that, then you can say this is a this is. You know the league builds into the playoffs. That's fine, but if you're asking teams to play 36 games and say, "Well, it doesn't really matter if you finish top," in fact, the only potential advantage you're getting for not finishing in the top uh, for finishing the top four is that you might get a third game at home. Mm. I noticed the um, you know, the quote marks unseeding reseeding has been binned as well. Um, so for next year. If you if the eight seed wins, they'll take on the one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah. so that's gone as well. So, you know, what what are we playing for? For what am I watching all these games for? Mm. <laughs> you know, if, not, if if winning it isn't going to be important, then we're really going to be watching 180 league basketball games a year just so people can decide whether they prefer to finish third or fourth or fifth or sixth. It just you know, I, I don't. Nah, I get that. That's very NBA like as well. Mm. I get that. And if you're gonna do that, then you know, then you gotta look at, you know, the signing deadline because you know, you, you can't sign people after February, but the yeah, most yeah. games are gonna be played in the middle of in, in May. Mm. You know, I mean that doesn't make that makes no sense at all. So I think there's I get the direction of travel, not overly against the direction of travel, certainly not negative towards um what they're trying to do and been bitching about not having playoff series for years, so could hardly yeah, yeah, turn yeah, around yeah, and say yeah, that yeah. now. Um, and I get that you know, the, the, the model if the model is the NBA, then you're looking at kind of an entertainment product for the first for the regular season, just like just like hmm. the NBA does. 
It's still a trophy, by the way. I'm not saying it's not a trophy. Yeah, I'm it's a trophy. The order but of the importance. No, the priority is is what it is. Yeah. Um, you see that, and that? and to many people, it's always been that way. Uh, we've had, we have this argument on Twitter anyway. Yeah. People, uh, the plus more important. That's not well, what it, that's not what it says in league rules. But my understanding is it will yeah. say that in league but, rules going forward. But ultimately, it shouldn't be something that can be defined because people can argue about it for, for how much they want. But I will know that you know when you play in March and in April and, and Rob's been there and, and Fab's been there and whatever and some of the other guys and PJ's been there when you play in March and April and your team is injured and banged up mm. and every loss is the what you know and you're playing to get to the top of that league and to win that league and you win the league on the day of the final season on, on the final day of the season or if you you Terrell Myers and you make that shot you know the, the 36 games way up in it they, they 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 lead into that moment, you know, and and you're putting it, and that's a bit different to if all right, well actually we're just gonna you know uh, we don't really need to win the league we're gonna finish third so you just sit out for three weeks, Charles you just have a bit of a break, and we'll get you back for the players because that's all that matters. I don't think that's the best way of lead. I don't think that's the best way of selling the sport. I don't think that's the best way of um uh, creating interest. And I think it's so. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't want to get to the kind of the NBA world of load management, would you? No, BBA. no, 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 no. You know, I mean, you can't. You know, oh, he's not playing today, but whatever. And London kind of got there this year, but London could do that because they had so many games. To be fair to them, and also they had so much talent. Mm. But when we look at resources, and I'm coming back to the resources point a little bit, which is ultimately the, I think it's going to be the biggest factor in the success or otherwise of the of the process that's going on at the moment, which is how quickly those other teams can can kind of stack up and match up and, and compete. You know, the reason London won that final wasn't actually because of the team they recruited in the summer. Because at Christmas, they were able to sign Jordan Taylor, mm. Maya Oni, or just mm. before Christmas. And because all season, they were able to have the resources to be able to um, keep Tariq Phillip. Yeah, yeah. Who had twelve points as well, and now no other team in the BBL could have done that. You know, no other team in the BBL could have done that, and certainly no other team in the BBL could think at half the, at Christmas, it's ain't going that well. Let's go and get a Euroleague point guard mm. and an NBA wingman. Mm. You know, and, you know. Um, oh, by the way, he's got a British passport too. Mm. Um, you know, they, they couldn't do that. So there's, and I'm not suggesting there's any, I'm not suggesting anything you can do about that. Other than um, be very cognizant of any particular tweaks in the rules and the ability or the playing conditions that you can make to allow the other teams to be as creative and flexible as possible. Mm. So when Rob says that we have to be more creative and flexible, etc., um, you know, why have we got a signing deadline at the end of February? That needs to be blown away. Mm. All right. If Leicester get an injury, if Carrington Love gets injured, you know, or or um, VJ King did get injured, or someone like that, you know, a couple of injuries, the whole, you can't we can't bring in a replacement. Everything that you've played for all season, you haven't got your best team at the end. You know how fair is that? And you can't recruit anybody else. Um, now in the NBA, you have playoff rosters. You obviously have a signing, you have a trade deadline, but you also have playoff rosters, so mm. you can sign players up to a certain date on two way contracts, that type of thing. And then you have to sort of stipulate your playoff roster. So that's where we should be going. Mm. If we're going to be emphasizing the playoffs, then teams should be allowed to sign players up until the point of the playoffs. Mm. And to make sure that they're not, the whole season doesn't disappear because you get a couple of um, twisted ankles at the wrong time. Mm. Um, and those are the type of tweaks that I think the league has to be alive to, to try and retain a level of competitiveness between the teams whilst London are doing what they're doing and trying to progress the sport in Europe. Yeah. And I get, you know, and I get that. And there are, there, you know, there, there are twists and turns. Um, there are things that, you know, that can be accomplished to assist the other teams. Um, whether people have got their heads on enough to, to see it, that as a problem, I don't know. It's not yet been addressed as a, as an issue. You know, in a perfect world, I've previously said, I think 
some form of luxury tax, which again is what they have in the NBA. So it's not counter stuff when you well, deal broadly with speaking. Spot. We had one, we got rid of it last year, but there we go. The salary tax. It was, it was sorry, Cal. Yeah, but it was basically a luxury tax if you looked at it, basically. Really? Yeah, no, was, yeah, 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 basically. Right. Well, anyway, I think that yeah, they've got work. There's work to be done, but overall, I'm probably the beginning of this year. It was all about how what's it going to take. You know, how competitive can you really be with a team? That's spending 15 times what you're spending or whatever it is. And we didn't know. And we were quite intrigued to find out. And I'm not down on it. I'm not negative about it. I don't think I, at the moment, I think it's it's got a shot. But I think the league needs to be sharper in relation to giving other teams opportunities and to, to, to kind of meet things, to, to kind of catch up. But I wouldn't. But I'm probably a little bit more optimistic now than I was at the beginning of the season that it can that it can work. Um, not sure it will. The one thing I will say is that, you know, we played the first O2 final in 2015 against London, mm. and that was basically other than 300 Newcastle fans and probably 50 London fans. That was a neutral crowd. Mm. And that game on when you look at that game on Sunday, that was that was a London crowd, mm. you know. And you look at the 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 the, the culture that they they are doing something with the culture around London. And the BBL's failed in London for so many years, probably since London Towers has failed. But no one's been able to um kind of grab hold of what it could be, and the engagement and the stuff that's going on. Is really quite encouraging from that perspective that they're, that they're building something in London. Now, what they have, hopefully, what everybody is smart enough to understand is that what you do to build a sport in London is not necessarily what you do uh, to build a sport in Plymouth, yeah, yeah, or to build a sport in Sheffield or build a sport in Newcastle, or, or or because the BBL has always has basically for the past thirty years been a provincial league, mm. being teams in in the provinces who have had the most um, success. And and that's not because those teams were doing things wrong. Now, those teams are actually doing things well, but they were doing them well in line with competitiveness, in line with adjusting to their own market and their own yeah, needs. Yeah, yeah. So so it, whereas when you get to an NBA setup where an NBA is very much one size fits all, you get the same experience in every venue. And that's because they're all in massive cities in America, or basically massive cities, and they all have a substantial amount of um um, they have they have very well off um, fan bases, so the tickets are hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars. It is an event to go to, and the demand outstrips the supply. Mm. You know, so it's all there. You don't have that in this country. That that is not going to be there. Um, can you get to that? Well, you can, but we've got no venues to, to get those eleven thousand people into. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's there's that, that 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 the sensitivity between the seven seven seven, um, developing the Lions brand and doing a great job of it and getting it across and spending whatever money they are comfortable with and which is which is their right, you know, to to develop a a basketball scene in London and a and and the reputation on the continent and all that stuff. But that's fine. But then, how does that compare with the seven 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 rule in in basically needing the also needing the lead to expand mm. and the lead to succeed as well? Mm. The, the the how they that is riding along night. Then what they're having to do is, you know, ride along a wire on top of Niagara Falls in the wind without a bar, mm. trying to kind of work out how to do how to compete how 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 both those London London can compete in Euroleague. But the league can thrive. Mm. How does that happen? How can they make that happen? And that I think ultimately is what the the, the judge of their success challenge will be. Forward, yep. The it challenge will be. because it's the league that will ultimately, if we're ever talking about a return for seven 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 on the money that they've put into the league, which is seven million, and goodness knows how much they put into London, um, the return will come from the league, mm. not going to come from the club. 
you know, they, they might they might save some losses, but you know, Olympiacos aren't making aren't making money. Fenerbahce aren't making money. Um, Barcelona, Real Madrid aren't making money off the basketball team. Mm. You know, it's it's a loss leader um, for whatever reason, and it's very difficult to see how London could could change that. So it's going to come from building the league, making the franchises palatable, maybe selling more franchises, expanding the league, which we all want. Obviously, there's two franchises out there at the moment in Plymouth and Manchester and getting returns for them, building the values of the clubs and potentially selling the clubs on, mm. like they do it again, like they do in the NBA. So that's 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 the test. And I think I'd have probably asked Aaron Reid that question, but... Yeah, I was in That's why you're not in the... Uh, not I'm, in not in the, the press, I'm not in the yeah, press room. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, you've talked a lot. Apologies. So that brings us, uh, brings us to the end of another season, and we will look forward... To next year, who knows, Dave? We might even come back for season four. We, we, we will see. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I that, 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 um, that wire across Niagara Falls, yeah, 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 that may be my marriage. Um, <laughs> you've got all summer show, to salvage it, and this show, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we have to, you have to hope oh, the games will need to be online mm. before we can do this. If the games aren't online, then this really doesn't, doesn't hold much kind of appeal I don't think because you can't talk about them um the uh, yeah let's hope for a nice healthy off season and yeah. and be rested up Indeed. and if people beg, beg loudly enough on Twitter maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll come back um, just on that though thank you everybody for listening thank you all for the um the feedback that we get which mm. is appreciated because it does seem like at times you know, you kind of talk into the wall a little bit. That yeah, is, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, that includes, um, you know, the old, old man shouts at cloud, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. That includes any of the coaches who have yet to yet to detest me. Um, <laughs> any of the, the, the refs, similarly, who are still willing to tolerate and, and listen. Mm. Um, all the people around the staff, all the staff around all the clubs and um, who put the time in and, and more than anything else, the volunteers yeah, make yeah, the, who yeah. make the sport work. Um, because the, you know they do they do an incredible job, um, out of the love of it, and at times we can get all lost up in the money and all that stuff. But the reality is, it's all about the people in the community. It's, yeah. And if we can add a little bit of spice and a little bit of fun in the meantime, <laughs> all well and good. But thank you everybody for listening and thank you for your feedback. And yeah, as I say. Uh, we'll, we'll consider the financial options for next year. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Uh, yeah who's going to offer the biggest? Um, uh, Which network? Biggest signing on bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so on that bombshell, as Dave says, thank you very much for listening through uh, the year and for all the people who've come up to us and said, "Oh, I really enjoyed the podcast and the stuff we get on Twitter." We really do appreciate that. We're going to go have a lie down in a darkened room. I'm about time to take some more painkillers. Um, but we will hopefully be refreshed and back uh, in the autumn. We'll see. Maybe there is a season four in us. But for now, have a great summer. We'll see you next year. Goodbye. Yeah.